Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff. And uh, tonight, today we have Kamal Salim on. And we're excited to have our brother in Christ here. He is uh, an ex-Muslim or an ex-Islamic uh, jihad. And he's here to share a little of his testimony and then uh, tell us some other stories. Go ahead, Kamal. Well, Brother Todd, thank you for having me uh, uh, again. And, and I'm thankful to God for you, for what you do for such time as this. Well, uh, I am uh, a former Islamic uh, jihadist. Uh, you know, in my world, uh, we don't look at ourselves as terrorists. We look at ourselves as liberators. And uh, we, when we come to the West, we came, we came to liberate the West from its, uh, uh, from its infidelism, uh, from it is, uh, uh, you know, the lifestyle that they live, from their Christianity, from their Judaism, uh, we came to establish what's so-called Islamism. Islamism is, uh, is is very important to understand. It is not uh, it is not uh, just Islam. It is a radical Islam. Today, when you look at ISIS, ISIS is a true Muslim organization. Uh, Al Qaeda. These are the true Muslims. Uh, the moderate Muslims are the one they are not talking about. You know, they are not killing. They are not crucifying. They are not beheading. These are moderate Muslims, and therefore they need to be uh, converted to Islam in a real world. When we hear leaderships uh, like American leadership, you know, uh, our administration, and many other, we hear that ISIS is not a radical organization. That is not a fact, because uh, it, it, they say it's it's not a Muslim organization. Uh, on a country, you know, that's how Islam was birthed, and they're doing exactly what Muhammad did according to the seerah of Islam, and that is the uh, biography of Muhammad, how he lived his life. So with all this said, I was born in Beirut, Lebanon, to a Muslim Sunni family. Uh, my family, you know, there, I was trained, I was, uh, my mother coached me that I will die for the sake of Allah someday. I will bring the host of heaven to celebrate that what I've done in my death for Allah, and that is called martyrism in Islam. The spirit of martyrism in Islam is the only spirit that we were taught that can please Allah. You could not please Allah, you could not go to paradise uh, by the Islamic teaching, you know, unless you die in martyrism. That's the only guarantee that you can go to, to heaven. Otherwise, all Muslim, according to the teaching of the Quran, will have to go to hell first. So therefore, what happened is uh, I, I was trained there by my mom, by the coaching and what so have you. And uh, the next things, I was recruited by the Muslim Brotherhood at the mosques, you know, at the mosque in our city where I used to live. You see, uh, the mosque is unlike the church. It's a place, it's an embassy that represents Islamization and it, uh, it, it represents Islamofascism. Basically, it, it, uh, 
it uh, answers to the Islamic State only. It does not answer to anyone else. And that's what the, the radical Muslim trying to create, Islamic State with the radical Khalif uh, and bring about the caliphate and establish Sharia law as the Islamic constitution. The Muslim Brotherhood came in 1928 out of, after the fall of the Ottoman Empire in 1924. And their job were to reestablish radical Islam. Today, the Muslim Brotherhood is here in the United States of America, and they are so strong, like Council American Islamic Relation, Islamic Society of North America, Muslim Student Association, Muslim Student Union, Muslim American Society. These all front for the Muslim Brotherhood. And they are engaging the culture in what's so-called uh, stealth jihad. The, the stealth jihad methodology is to engage the culture from within and shift the culture from its foundation that the culture could not return to it, it, it is identity. And uh, that's what I was trained in the mosque. Uh, I was recruited. I was uh, radicalized in the mosque. And today... Uh, over 80% of American mosques, according to an FBI report, they teach radicalism. They preach radicalism. So therefore what happened is uh, when a mosque is built, they will have established eight blocks square around the mosque and they bring Islamic centers and they bring Islamic schooling and they establish what's called the beginning of no-go zone area, which we saw that in France and we saw this in Brussels, you know, in Belgium, you know, these are no-go zone areas where the, the Muslims are so strong, they will uh, disallow the people to come to that area. This is what I was trained for. That's what I came to do in a culture, in a Western civilization. From, uh, from the whole group, you know, the whole group joined the PLO at the time. It was called Fatah before it was called the PLO. You know, and Fatah was an organization under Yasser Arafat, which is he was brought up by the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt uh, at the University of Cairo. And uh, from there, I went on my first mission to Israel. I was seven years old, carrying weapon caches to rendezvous with the uh, shepherds. And the shepherds will take the packages that we brought, and they will strap them on the belly of the sheep and take them to Israel. And they give them to a special group called the Fida'in, which is the martyrs. They kill themselves by killing Jews. This is what we celebrated, spirit of martyrism. Martyrism is to offer your blood as a sacrifice by killing your enemy uh, in that sacrifice. This is how you become sanctified. This is how my life started. And then uh, my last journey was uh, since we could not defeat America, and America is the head of Islamic, uh, is the head of, the, of Satan. You know, we called America as the head of the snake or the great Satan. You know, and the only way we can bring America is from within. So I was sent to the United States of America for such a purpose. And my purpose was not hitting the building with uh, airplanes or machine guns or killing Americans. No, on a country is to take the children of this nation, the youth, uh, and turn them against their own nation and create a divide of clash of culture by separating between uh, certain ethnicity in the culture between you know, uh, one another. And, and therefore, what happened, we created, you know, a, a gap, and then the gap will create a clash. And so, therefore, uh, in, in the United States of America, my, uh, we were going to the jail system. We were going after the uh, 
uh, we were going after the black people uh, to separate them and uh, engage them specifically, uh, you know, to set them free from that slavery culture and, you know, which is, uh, you know, addicted them to drugs and alcohol and women and what so have you. And it is an agenda by certain, you know, uh, Christian cult in America, which is uh, they're white. And so, therefore, that's what we told them. And there we were able to convert them to Islam. And then after they came out of the jail system, we took them to a mosque, a mosque in the city neighborhood. And there they were indoctrinated with radicalism from there. Uh, we worked also at the universities, uh, the colleges. Uh, we established Muslim Student Association, Muslim Student Union. My group came in 1960 to the United States of America. America did not know who we are until 19, uh, until 9/11, uh, when the tower were hit. Towers were hit. So therefore, what happened is uh, uh, our group worked under. Uh, underground, which is uh, they work in a stealth mode, and they uh, work uh, to, to, to convert leaderships, you know, uh, like uh, politicians. Some of the best politicians today in America, they, they receive Islamic funds. And that's why when something happening with Islam, they do not vote against it, they vote with it or for it, you know, you know, and against the culture. The same with the professors at the universities and the same as what we did with the young, you know, American. Our job is to marry American women as young Muslim men, and by marrying them specifically to obtain the citizenship. And by doing so, we can obtain the, thor- the sword of your constitution against the people of this nation now that we are citizens. So therefore what happened is uh, our methodology was radical in itself it does not kill the people physically, but it will destroy the constitution, the spirit, the culture, the foundation, and the fundamental of this whole nation. One, you know, and the last part is to move to the poor neighborhood and establish Islamization by feeding the poor uh, where there's a vacuum of the church, you know. And so, therefore, what happened is we feed the poor, and after we fed the poor, we can, you know, the whole family convert to Islam. Then we can recruit their children and uh, they can start working for us. And by, uh, by that strategy, we will have radical American youth rising up in, in the understanding of radicalism. Uh, our methodology, Islam, is a political system. It is, uh, it is uh, religion is only 14% of the entire Islam. The rest of the Islamic religion, it's a, it's a, it's a constitution which is Sharia law, it's a, it's a, it's a religion, uh, it's a government, it's a military system, it's a, you know, a civic, you know, system, uh, which is, will clash with everything that is in front of it. Why does it clash with all this? Is because uh, the, the laws that's given to the Muslims, it's given to them by Allah. While the American constitution is given, you know, it's by, of the people, by the people, for the people. So therefore, when you look at that, you know, uh, when you look at both constitutions, Sharia law will have to prevail because it's not, you know, it's not given by Allah. It is by the people and of the people and for the people. So therefore, Sharia law will must, will have to replace the American constitution. Will they, you know, are they equal to each other? Absolutely not. And this is the, uh, but the way you thread America first for such a thing, and then you loop 
you know, the whole thing, and then you start fitting your methodology to the point that America could not return back. And in our methodology, as we were doing so, what happened is one day I got in a car wreck, and I met three Christian men, and these men, you know, uh, they brought me to their home, and now I was clashing with different ideology, and that ideology is called Christianity. These were Christian. They were a level of, lover of God, and in their homes, in their life, in their way of living, they modeled the living God. And the, the, the only thing that they dealt with me and what clashed with me, it's called the unconditional love of the living God. So therefore, I was at odds, you know, with all this because everything is conditional Islam. And now the Christians are unconditional. You know, they're doing something for me I did not deserve. I didn't know. Uh, they don't know who I was, where I came from. But yet they were standing with me on every level to the point that they want to give me life. They forgave my death and fall out of their needs. And now I am being changed. And when I examined both gods, I was looking at both gods if they, because we were taught in Islam that the Christian and Jews and Muslim worship the same God. And, but the, the, the Christian and Jews perverted their religion, and therefore they must be destroyed. And Islam is the final testament that must replace the other two testaments. So when I looked at all this and I started examining Allah and Jehovah God Almighty, Jehovah God Almighty, he's God of heaven and earth, and Allah is a God. Jehovah God Almighty, he so loved the world that when he loved the world, he created the world in his image and after his own heart to create a family. And so therefore, he was like a father. While Allah so hated the world, he said in the hadith by Muhammad, which is the traditions of Muhammad, he said if the whole world worth a net like to him, he'd have destroyed it time and time again. But it's worth nothing to him. So he hated this life. One constantly said he loved. One constantly he was angered to the point that he commended his people. 164 verses in the Quran about jihad, and jihad is to destroy and kill their enemy. And the other one, he so loved the world that he gave his son. The other one found an orphan man. His name is Muhammad. The Son of God came here to, to create what's so-called, uh, you know, the adoption, you know, uh, the spirit of adoption of Jesus Christ to adopt and graft the people into the promise that God gave to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. That's part of his family. And he, you know, he brought them to the promise into the tree of life itself. The other one, it's a spirit, orphan spirit, which is separate the people from their inheritance, from their uh, blessings, from their calling, and take them into something that they have no intercession with their God. They have no idea what happens. They have no idea what to say except what Islam called them to do. Everything is told to them verbatim. There is nothing that they can say on their own. Everything has, is being told to them. One, when he so loved, he commanded us to love. The other one, us, Muhammad, by the Prophet Islam, by his tradition, said specifically in his hadith, he said, is al-taqiyah is to be practiced until the, the end of days, which is deception to the enemies, you know, the enemies of Islam, to deceive them as you go at war with them. And another one, he said, you know, smile in the face of your enemy, 
but hate them with your heart. You know, so therefore, you know, I was learning the opposite things, the opposite polar. One, one man gave his life. He forgave people. One man, he, he you know, took people's life. One offered his blood. One took the blood of people, uh, blood of peoples. You know, and so therefore, I was seeing the opposite. One saved humanity. One took over 270 million lives. And uh, when you go deeper, you know, the prostitute was about to be stoned right in front of Jesus. And he said, let those with no sin cast the first stone. That day, the prostitute was saved and she was forgiven. He said, where is the accuser woman? Go sin no more. While the, at Muhammad, the prostitute came to him, she said, uh, forgive me. You know, I want to be a good Muslim. And he dragged her by the hair and dug a hole and he commanded her stoning to death. The blind man came, you know, when Jesus Christ went to the temple, Jesus, he said, bring me that blind man. And he brought his eyes back to open. He gave his DNA and he brought them back to, to, to the light of God. Well, the blind man came to Muhammad and he said, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want you to open my eyes, but teach me to be a Muslim. He said, you're blind. I cannot use you. So therefore, as I looked at all the opposites, I realized that one is real and one is not. And one day when they sent me home, they replaced my automobile and saved my life. I was at home now and I fell on my knees and I cried out to God of heaven and earth. I I cried out to my God, Allah. And I said to him, Allah, you know, these Christians, I said, I'm not angry with you at all. I said, the car wreck, I have no issue with, but I have an issue that you put me among Christians. These Christian have relation, Christians have relationship with their God. They bless their God. He blesses them. They speak to him. He speaks back to them. They ask for healing. He heals them. They ask for finances. He provides to them. I said, I want to have a relationship with you too like this. I want to hear that you love me. Allah, if you are real, speak to me. Allah, that they did not speak. And when I went to get, put my gun in my head and finish my story, this is the first time I heard the voice of the living God. And, his, you know, and when I heard his, his voice, I knew I was hearing a miracle for the first time in my life. In Islam, there are no miracles. And here I'm, I'm hearing my father's voice. And as he, he spoke to me like a son, he knew me by my name. He called me as I was his. And he said, the Christians, the, the Jews, the Christians, and the Muslims, they believe in the God of Father Abraham. But don't you call on the God of Father Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, not on the father of Ishmael. So I fell on my knees and I cried out with a loud voice, God of Father Abraham, if you are real, speak to me. God of Father Abraham, if you are real, I want to know you. Well, the room, behold, the room was filled with his glory. And his presence filled the room. He, what I looked at him, he was the essence of, of life. He is the word that everything is created in him. He is the light of the world. The spirit of the living God are about him. Every spirit, love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, meekness, loveliness, holiness, faithfulness, self-control, patience, humility, all these long suffering they were about him. He is the center of all things. He dressed like a Jew. He looked like a Jew. And he had holes in his hand and his feet. And when I looked at him, 
I knew that I stood before Yahweh, the Lord is one. And I said, who are you, my Lord? He said, I am that I am. I said, what is that supposed to mean, my Lord? He said, I am the Aleph, I am the Tav, I am the beginning, I am the end. I am everything. I have known you before I created the foundation of the earth. I have loved you before I formed you in mother womb. Now, bear in mind, on my knees, my neck is broken in two places, uh, cracked in two places. And here he said, Kum Kamal, arise. And as I risen, my neck was intact, my collarbone, my shoulder, my ribs, my hips, my knee. Everything was perfect. And as I stood there and I was celebrating, I did not celebrate the miracle that he did in my physical body. I celebrated the miracle that he changed my heart instantly and he changed my mind. Only a true living God can make all changes and make all things new. There's no other God can do something like this. I cried out with a loud voice, my Lord, my Lord, I will live and die for you. He said, do not die for me, come on. I died for you that you may live. I said, my Lord, my Lord, give me permission by the skin of their teeth and by the eyelashes, I will make them Christian. Meaning going after the people of the world and convert them to Christianity with a radical style. He said, the, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Be an ambassador of mine. In that day, I realized something, Brother Todd, that is, when you when you're born as a Muslim, you are immediately Muslim, whether you follow Islam or not, you, and you cannot leave Islam. Muhammad says, whoever leave Islam, kill him. It's a commandment. So therefore, what happened is, when I looked at Christianity, I realized that Christianity is by invitation for those who want it. And not just that, but uh, only if you are born again, you can be a follower of the living God. You know, and you have to activate your Christianity. You could not be born to Christian family and be Christian. You have to confess with your tongue and with your heart and declare that you are full of Christ and what's so heavy and he lives inside of you. So therefore, I realize that America is the way that God blessed America is because our citizenship, like our forefather, they activated their citizenship. They went to the forefront. They went to every nation and tongue fighting for the people against tyranny, uh, against tyranny for the peoples of the world. They brought down from Nazism to socialism to communism to Islamism to everything. They fought worldwide. They even fought for the Muslims when they're attacked by radical so-called Christians. They, they fought for righteousness. They fought for truth. They gave it all. And I realized that America needs the Christian to really re-engage, just like Jesus said, go in my name. And that is to engage humanity. And not just that, but to our, activate our citizenship and our Christianity, which is a call to action. So saying all this to say, you know, my life changed. And today I teach specifically against radical Islamism. I don't teach against uh, Muslims uh, because there's a lot of good Muslims in America, but there's a lot of radical Islamists as well, and we need to define that. Then I also teach about uh, the, you know, how to reach the Muslims, how to engage the Muslims. General Jerry Boykin and myself, we created uh, a new DVD series 
uh, it's called unveiling. It's six DVDs teaching and six DVD about the ugly truth and the beautiful truth about how much they have taken the United States of America down in the ugly truth and how they climbed the seven sphere of influence, the seven mountains of influence. And the other, the beautiful truth is what do we do now? Where do we go from here? How to teach the Christian, how to teach the pastors, how to teach the, uh, you know, the missionaries, uh, the homeschoolers. That's where a lot of homeschoolers are getting this, to, to learn how to engage, how to teach, how to engage the Muslim, how the Muslim think, what do we need to do? How do we go about all this? So therefore what happened is uh, we, we are trying to tell in the ugly truth how Islamists, they have climbed up on those seven spheres of influence, which is family, education, uh, government, uh, you know, uh, business, media, uh, art and entertainment, you know, and they have sat there uh, and they are controlling, they are shifting our culture from within. And so therefore, uh, our world is not the same like it used to be. Now, uh, in this educational DVD, we, we talk verbatim, explicitly about what's taking place. And our hope is really to waken up the church because the biggest problem at church, Brother Todd, is, uh, is a lot of pastors are politi- politically correct. They don't want to engage. They don't want to be part of the, uh, the, the world issues. And therefore, the Christians, the followers, don't know what to do. They're afraid like their pastors, whatever that spirit falls on the leadership, uh, it, 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 uh, it contaminates the church. So therefore, what happened is the, the Muslims are radically changing our nation and engaging our nation, and the American church is asleep. And our politicians, many of them are taking monies from Islamists. Many of them are politicians. They are not being godly, you know. That's why we need to choose godly men and women to rule this nation and to run this nation, to serve the people of this nation. We are coming to a time in our life where we could not uh, take a seat back anymore or fly by the seat of our pants. We've got to be orchestrated, organized, strategized, and work together as one heartbeat. Wow. Yeah, you said a mouthful, but uh, th- that's the truth. I mean, it, I, as you look at what's going on in America right now, we, we've got to do something, you know? With the refugees that they come into the United States of America, uh, I love refugees. I think it's an amazing thing to reach out to refugees. Uh, but uh, I am against the vetting system. Here we have, we're going to have 250,000 refugees by this year and next year. They're going to be coming to the United States of America. Who are, who are the people who are vetting those refugees? They are Syrian refugees. They're chosen 7,000 that they vet the other ones to know if they're good or bad. So they brought the fox to the hen house to say, okay, you do what you have to do. And the, the problem is that where we're dealing with today. You see, when Islam comes to the United States or Western civilization, they could not be equal. They have to prevail over the nation. The Great Commission of Islam which is all Muslims are commended to fulfill that great commission. Muhammad, the Prophet of Islam, says, Inni umertu an al-shu'ud. I have been commended by Allah to war. To war. 
and fight the people of the world until everyone said that there's no God but Allah and Muhammad his prophet he said if they do not concede to you then you have the rights to their women to their children to their home to their finances to their land to their inheritance to their government to their constitution everything they have it is yours to have so therefore when the Islamists come here and uh, they are coming here and they are not coming as citizenship like you know selected and brought in here and brought into uh, you know taught and you know into the same psychology that we brought the millions of other refugees from other nations then here we are having an issue if we could not vet them and know where they come from and what they believe and what so have you then we are setting America for a great doom and uh, many of those uh, you know uh, people are radicals you know uh, you know Isis itself said we will be sending 500 radicals to with the refugees so they are coming here to the United States of America and some of them they have their own monies their own phones they, they don't need to be refugees they are coming here specifically to engage the culture first their strategy they will come as part of the culture they become uh, you know and they get their citizenship they get the green card the first year after you know because our president have over six million citizenship that he can give as a gift to whomever desire so he will give them the green card in the first year and in the next five years they will become citizen unless he give them citizenship right away and when they become part of our culture they start protesting against the culture they start detesting our culture they start you know saying that everything that they are here to do it's uh, it's a profaning them and it's you know it's offending the Muslim and the, you know and the way of culture of life Christianity is offending them uh, our Constitution is offending them our Bill of Rights is offending them you know so what happened the culture will have to mitigate itself to meet their needs and the, the, at two percent one to two percent they are hospitable that they are friendly but when they go from two percent to five percent they start seeking their own you know uh, to constitute themselves to have no-go zone to have their own you know way of life and what so have you they become more radical and and when they go to 10% and beyond like what happened in France what's happened in Brussels what happened is they start radicalizing the culture and intimidating the culture anytime their heart desire because all they have to lose is one man or six seven men and we lose six seven hundred you know at, at one time you know and just like what happened you know with 9-11 we lost nearly 3,000 you know and so therefore we are looking at situation that when they die you know in jihad in martyrdom they are promised to go to paradise so therefore they are looking forward to do something to exalt the name of their radicalism you know that Islamic Islam of uh, fascism you know and uh, exalt you know and intimidate the culture that the culture will bow to them and before them these are strategy you know have been put years ago they worked in Europe we learned them at the mosque at seven years old that's when I learned them and here America is faced with them right now and so in my humble belief if we're gonna bring refugees to America we need to bring the uh, elders we need to bring the young women uh, the, I mean the, the, the women and their children 
the families, husband, wife, and children, instead of bringing single men, like right now, the majority of the people that we bring in here to the United States, we move them into refuge cities, and many of them are disappearing. We don't know where they went or where they are or what they're doing. Many of them, they could not chase them. I was uh, with the FBI the other day, you know, I, I was speaking with the FBI. They told me, you know, we chase every day up to 900 different radical in the United States of America, and many of them came with refugees. When you look at all this nightmare, this is not a solution. If we need to help, we need to do it right. We are not against, you know, uh, you know, Muslim refugees. We are against terrorists who are to destroy, uh, who will destroy our nation. Saying all this to say this, you know, uh, in 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 the you know, when the Kurds came from Iraq. Uh, we met the Kurds, and we sat with them. We saw what they need. We found places for them to live. We furnished their places. We took them to the supermarkets. We, uh, today, the Kurds are friends of America. They're the friend of Christians. Kurds are not killing Christians in, you know, uh, in, uh, over there overseas. Kurds are the friend because their family have been treated right in here. And today, they are standing with us and here in America, and many of them, uh, you know, converted to Christianity. Today, we got to have a strategy in place. We got to teach the pastors and the parishioners how all these, you know, what to do now that all these uh, refugees are coming here. How do they distinguish between uh, radical and moderate? How do we know if we are in the presence of dangers? What the, the signs that we need to look for? How do we engage them to let them to know about Jesus Christ? You know, in my teaching that we, I teach at seminars, in those seminars, it's a, it's a two-day seminar, Friday night, Saturday morning, and uh, what happened is, you know, uh, three and a half hours and three and a half hours, and it, we teach the people how to engage, what to say, what not to say, what to do. You have two years, you know, door when the refugees came to United, comes to the United States of America. If you don't reach those refugees in this two-year zone, then the radical will radicalize them, and they will reach them, and they will turn them against this nation. And that's why we have, you know, under, under Bush, we had over 300 mosques in the United States of America. But today, under this current administration, we have over 3,000 mosques. So life has changed, and it's evolving. So many things is happening specifically and uniquely on purpose. And if we are not wise as serpent and innocent as dove, we will see America being lost, just like we see in Europe, who's, you know, they're, they're racing to see which nation will be the first Muslim nation in Europe. And today, this is not a fear message. This is not to scare the people. On the contrary, this is to educate the people because the word of God says, uh, my people will perish for the lack of knowledge, not because they don't have knowledge, but because they refuse knowledge when somebody came to educate them. So we got to understand who we are. we got to understand that the church, called the ecclesia and not the church, the church is the gatherer. The ecclesia is the parliament of the living God. And what is that? To usher the kingdom of heaven to earth and introduce it to everybody else. Today we have a chance here to make a difference, to let our voice be heard, to vote for the right leaders, Christian leaders, those who profess in Jesus Christ, not those who are using the name of Jesus Christ for their agenda. We need to really uh, choose, you know, 
what is our strategy? How do we engage those hundreds of thousands of Muslims that are going to be coming here? Because the year after and the year after when millions of other Muslims are knocking on the United States doors, if we're not ready by then, then we have a lot to lose. Our nation is built specifically on freedom. Our forefathers offered their lives for us to live in a freedom today. And this freedom that we live in today is because our American soldiers, our hero, fought for us and they stood with us and they said, on my shift, nothing's going to happen to you. But today our military is sequestered and it's been weakened purposely. And our world is not the same. But we are, we are the one who makes a difference. We got to stand on the wall of this nation, build the wall in one hand and fight for this nation on the other hand. We are the Nehemiah army. And when we stand, God will stand with us. And when we do so, we're going to see change in our nation. And what is that change? We will fight for our children, for our youth, for those who have nobody to love them, for those who have no gods. Our belief, it is not a religion. It's a life in Christ Jesus. And that is to offer, to give all that you can give. This is what we do. Bring us to your cities. We'd love to teach how to be the lover of God and how to engage the culture. Amen. Well, Camille, that's, that's uh, quite a lot of stuff to take in, but uh, yeah, at least you're starting to point us in the, the right direction. I know I'm going to have to you know, bring you back and have you teach some more, and, and I will link all your, your information you know, to our website, and, you know, so people can follow up, and, and hopefully, you know, I'd love to see you come teach in our area here. I would love to. That would be such an honor, my brother, if you allow me to. Would love to really, and our message is not about hate. It's not about kill the terrorist. It's about bring the Muslim to the light of God. That's all we do. Well, that, you know, that's I, the only reason, the only way that we can actually do anything is is going to be to to love the people in but you know it does take education so you understand what you're dealing with i mean right now i'm i i work with a lot of muslims you know i I work in the hospitals and uh you know a lot of muslim doctors a lot a lot of you know muslim co-workers and and uh you know but you got to know what to say what not to say to be able to uh you know share with them Amen. Amen. General Jerry Boykin, he, he was uh, under uh, the chief of staff uh, from Reagan all the way to, uh, to Bush Jr. And we wrote a book just recently, me and him, it's called The Coalition. In The Coalition, we put about the rise of Islam over there. I merged my life story with his life story to create a book about what would take place in America in the near future and how America could be taken down overnight if the American people do not wake up, and, uh, and what happened in the American government and our nation, all of it is based on truth. It's called The Coalition, and it's, uh, it's a powerful book. And the reason why I'm talking about it is we need to know the time and the season. The tribe of Hazakar, uh, what made them so unique and specific they searched for the truth, and when they found it, 
and they learned what it is, they did something about it. So our time is calling us to be just like the tribe of Hazakar. America is not finished, is not down. America is still in a great place. We can make the difference, and the time is upon us to make it right now. It is very doable. You and I can do it. Bring us to your city. We'd love to serve over there. We are not afraid to wash feet. Amen. Well, it looks like we are running out of time, so maybe what I can do is get you to pray over the audience. And then... Uh, Amen. Amen. Then I, Holy then I, I'm sorry. Go, go right ahead, sir. Holy Father, we thank you. Your word said it is not by might nor by power, but by your Holy Spirit. Father God, your word said when we lift up your name, you'll draw all mankind unto you. Father God, your word said that the battle is yours and the victory is ours. Your, your word said to fear not, for you are with us. Your word said that you will be with us until the end of the age. Your word said, if we are in you and you are in us, ask anything in my name and I will give it to you, declares the living God. Your word says, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things you do not know. Your word says, come nigh unto me and I will come nigh unto you. Father God, we come before you today and we lift up your name and we thank you that you are the living God and you are the, the light of the world. You are the center of our midst. So we submit ourselves to you. Let the spirit of adoption of Jesus Christ be loose about us in glory and power that we are wise as serpent, innocent as dove. Open our knowers, the eyes and the ears of the understanding, Father God. And yield us to you, Father God, and conform us to your truth, Father God. Father, that we are children of the living God, children of light, walking in the light of God. I thank you, Father God, for such time as this, for the pouring out of your spirit on us, on all flesh, Father God, everyone under the sound of my voice, with the double portion of fire and power of the Holy Spirit, with the double portion of fresh anointing. And I loose, Father God, your word the new oil and new wine for the last days, for your word said, in the latter days, it'll be greater than anything you've done before. So, Father God, awake up, uh, awaken us, Father God. Arise us and help us to praise and let the intercessors take stand on the wall and declare the glory of the living God. Father God, I thank you for renewing your spirit within us once again in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Camille, for coming on. I, I will welcome you back to come and speak again because uh, obviously we need to be really educated in a lot of things here so we can understand better. I would be honored to. I would be honored to.